Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Geeks and Suits podcast with me, Chase Gerber, your host, sitting here on a nice Wednesday night here in Canton with my man, Malone legend, John Yanni. Jan, what's happening? Hey, Chase. How's it going? Oh, I'm I'm doing great. You know, I was when I was conceiving this podcast, because we talked about doing it before Thanksgiving break, um, Green Bay ended up losing on Thanksgiving to Chicago. I was thinking I'd, I'd come in with a beginning topic like, okay, we're in the same boat here because I'm a Denver fan. And I right. thought we were going to lose to New England, and it would have been our third out of our loss, four loss, or three of our last... I can't talk today. <laughs> three of our last four games we would have lost. Green Bay has lost four of their last five now. Mm-hmm. Denver shocked everyone by, by beating New England. We'll get to that a little later, but... Green Bay, what's going wrong? Four of your last five, man. What's happening? The Packers are an interesting case because they start out the season 6-0, I believe. Yes, they look great. Everyone's favorite to win the NFC. And for a while there, actually, in the NFL, there were maybe five or six teams that were undefeated uh, early in the year, and that was pretty unusual. And so I was feeling pretty good about the Packers, Mm -hmm. as I I should have. I had a reason to. Uh, But... As you said, as of late, they have not been playing exactly the best football. Yeah. And um, really, this last game versus the Bears surprised me the most because the Packers have owned the Bears ever since Aaron Rodgers has been the starter. Yeah. So really, it's the thing is, it's hard to pinpoint what the problem is. Mm-hmm. Um, to be totally honest, I haven't even watched all the games, which makes me feel like a crappy fan. <laughs> but... Really, it's got to be a combination of Aaron is just not finding his guys, yeah. and his guys just aren't getting open. Right. Because the defense has been relatively good. good. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what they're ranked, but they haven't been bad. Like they have mm-hmm. a solid defense. Yeah. Um, the the biggest surprise is is well, I guess the Packers' 23rd ranked passing offense, which mm-hmm. that that doesn't usually happen. Yeah. I know a lot of people have talked about. Uh, Lacey not pulling his weight, but they're 10th in rushing, so mm-hmm. obviously there's something wrong there. It's probably injuries, right? Well, yeah, to some extent. Also, you bring up the passing game. I think that's got to be a huge part of it. Like you said, 23rd ranked. It's I wouldn't doubt if it was even worse at this point. Mm-hmm. But in the past, as I, I mean, ever since Aaron Rodgers has been the quarterback, they have been top 10. They've been very elite right. in that area. So... A lot of people might turn to the fact that Jordy Nelson is out for the year. Yeah, I would agree with that, but it really is a shocker to me if one guy is making that much of a difference. Right. So, really, that's part of the frustration, honestly, as a Packers fan this year, is yeah. I cannot figure out what is going on with these guys. Right. Um, I mean, there's, of course, those, those reasons you see on the internet, people just trying to find some kind of reason as to what the struggle is, and... Aaron Rodgers' girlfriend is brought up. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Which I've seen the same thing brought up about Russell Wilson, who is dating Ciara. Is he engaged now? I forget. Did he get engaged? I did not hear. I, I feel so, like I heard I that know. they were engaged, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. So that's honestly brings up an interesting point, though, because you never really think about off-the-field issues affecting how a player plays on Sunday, yeah. but maybe it's something to consider. Is he dating a Kardashian, maybe? Is he that... is dating. Um, not too well of a known actress, but Olivia Munn. Olivia Munn, yeah, I mean, she's mm-hmm. attractive, yeah. you know. Um, and so, who knows, maybe things aren't going too well, maybe the relationship's on the rocks, and uh, it's, 
it's affecting Aaron's head a little bit, but Maybe. it's hard to say. Right. I'm just looking at some of the, the teams ranked above Green Bay right now. Chicago and Jay Cutler. Um, Russell Wilson in Seattle. The Jets, who have Fitzpatrick as their quarterback. Mm-hmm. All are ranked above Green Bay right now. That's That's just strange to me. It really is. Aaron Rodgers, for years now, I believe at least, has been the best quarterback in the league. Now, you could admit just off of legacy alone and what they've accomplished already, Tom Brady and Peyton, yes, yeah. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. But as far as who's the most efficient, like just who's the best right now, mm-hmm. forgetting the past, I would have said Aaron Rodgers. This year, there's no way I'd say yeah. that. Any, any previous year, like any previous of the last five years or so, I would have said Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback because he could do the most with the least. Mm-hmm. And Tom Brady has kind of flipped that this year. Brady's Brady's playing out of his mind. That's mm-hmm. a whole nother conversation. But it it feels like now, like the injuries are finally starting to get to Rodgers. Like he's able. I, I will say I've never seen a quarterback throw the ball just as hard as Rodgers does. I mean, mm-hmm. he throws bullets on every pass. But I don't know if his, his guys just aren't getting open or what. But it it's yeah, it's Here's... really just hard to find out what's going on here's what i see um from the games that i have watched it looks like aaron snaps the ball he looks around and very quickly just starts to scramble Mm -hmm. starts to feel kind of antsy in the pocket um so his guys i guess in the first three to four seconds or so aren't really open Mm -hmm. then aaron's one of the best at moving around in the pocket and making something happen definitely but uh, also aaron is very reluctant to take chances. He doesn't mm-hmm. like throwing picks. So perhaps that's partly on him. He doesn't like heaving it up there, letting his receivers make a play all the time. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's a matter of that. Um, but yeah, I've also heard lingering injuries might be an issue. Maybe something in his shoulder, maybe right. something else. Um, also, big point, play calling duties have been shifted this year. Mike McCarthy gave that up after last season. Mm. Maybe that's an issue, which I think that has to be considered because right. really, it, I mean, it's the same guys except for Jordy Nelson. Uh, their third receiver, Devontae Adams, has been in and out, mm-hmm. but I think it's got to be to some extent the play calling. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I mean, I've never played football, so I don't really know what like a sideline's like or yeah. anything. Uh, so whenever I talk about like coaching staff and that stuff, it's purely speculation. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I think even like with Ohio State this year, the play calling has changed. They've changed who's calling yeah. that, and I think it's obviously had an effect. Mm-hmm. Um, they seemed to figure it out last week, but you know, whatever. Um, hopefully, yeah. they get into the playoff. But yeah, uh, maybe the same things happening with Green Bay. Um, who knows? On the other side, my team, Denver, who I thought would have lost three of their last four. Yeah. Big win over New England <laughs> this week. Oh! I got to tell you, man, I was... I'm. This is my opinion of it. I'm super excited, and I'm enjoying the win. Mm-hmm. Because deep down, honestly, if Denver is going to get to the Super Bowl, it'll go through New England. Most right. likely. And the most likely scenario for them playing in the playoffs will be AFC Championship at New England. And just based on history throughout the NFL, when something like that happens, Denver's going to lose if that happens. Like, just based on history, I I don't see Denver being able to get past New England. Yeah. Um, given that the game, like, there were some questionable calls. It seemed everything was going against the Patriots, kind of like a perfect storm type of thing. Gronk, Gronk got injured. Hopefully he's still okay for the rest of the season. But... 
So, so given all of that, I'm just letting myself enjoy this for right now. Um, I I was super excited to see New England lost just because I like seeing the Patriots lose. Um, I don't know. Uh, do you have a hate for the Patriots like most people? To be totally honest, I do not. You um, do not. My theory on that is most people hate Tom Brady because growing up, he would consistently beat their team. <laughs> yeah. So... Honestly, I've always enjoyed watching Tom Brady. I enjoy his passion. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people get on him for the cheating thing, him and Belichick, the whole Patriots organization. And that does bug me, but at the end of the day, they're still winning the games. There's only so much deflated footballs can do. Right. I mean, they still railed the Colts. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I honestly like Tom Brady. Uh, to address the other things you brought up, there should be some excitement, I think, from Broncos Nation Definitely. at this point. Because... Young Brocky's looking all right. Brock in Osweiler. Brock, Brock on, baby. <laughs> in Brock you trust. Uh, exactly. But with, with caution, I would say, because mm -hmm. obviously there's going to be some growing pains, as with any quarterback. Mm -hmm. um, it really reminds me of the 49ers three or four years ago when Alex Smith actually got injured. I think it was a concussion, and they brought in Colin Kaepernick, and he ended up winning the starting job. They ended up going with the younger, uh, perhaps more... Potential. Wild card, I guess. Yeah, I would say. Also, this seems to be a trend where a lot of guys get their shot in the NFL. Mm -hmm. uh, Tom Brady, even going back to that, I think Drew Bledsoe got hurt and Tom Brady got his yeah. chance. Yeah, that so, is. this is how a lot of quarterbacks get their start in the league. Maybe Brock will turn into something. But asking you as a Broncos fan, what do you think? Can you mm -hmm. really sit Peyton Manning, the guy that you brought in to win a Super Bowl, <laughs> oh, the legend? who has gotten worse as the years have gone on, but he's just such a big name. You guys have quite the dilemma on your hands, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I gotta say, I can't imagine playing in a Super Bowl or playing in like an AFC Championship game with Peyton Manning on my team and healthy and ready to go, but him not playing. Exactly. Like, that. that's such a weird kind of... I, I can't even fathom what I, what I would think at that point. I know... The offense has clearly looked better with Osweiler. For some reason, they can run with him. I don't know why. I mean, I, it maybe it's because Osweiler will go under center and Peyton doesn't because, yeah. I don't know, he can't move anymore. I mean... <laughs> he can't even crouch down right. anymore to I mean, snap the ball. Yeah, I mean, my brain says, obviously, you go with Osweiler. He looks ten times better than Peyton has. But still, he's Peyton Manning. And if there's... If there's any controversy at all, the benefit of the doubt is going to go to Manning, without a doubt. Yeah. But Osweiler, I mean, he's looked really good, I I guess, against the Patriots. Like, I don't think he, he even necessarily played very well, but he's been very clutch in both games. He's gotten the points when he's needed to get the points through one way or another. I mean, I don't know. My head says Brock Osweiler, but... There's this this tiny thing in my in the back of my mind that's saying, but you have Peyton Manning, yeah. like, yeah. I and don't know. so looking into the future, do you think this is something that would hurt Peyton Manning's legacy mm. if the way his career ended was he got injured and a backup just won the starting job? What do you think? No, and here's why: like ninety five percent of players in any professional sport end up playing at least one year too long. It mm -hmm. just happens. 
Like Kobe, For example, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant has played about five years too long. You know what I'm saying? And like the fact that Kobe has done that, I don't think it hurts his legacy. Like it may hurt hurt his stats a little bit, but as far as his legacy, Kobe he still won five titles. Whatever. Peyton he still has all of these single season records. Um, he's got a Super Bowl. He probably should have at least one more, but that's a whole different discussion. Um, I I was I was hoping to have John Krabs on a. Um, uh, also this week uh, for a podcast to talk Broncos, Patriots, and uh, some Manning, Brady legacy type thing. That probably That's won't. That's right. John Krabs, the Patriots fan the, the, on campus. The, the Tom Brady The fan. Tom Brady apologist. <laughs> yes. So uh, so that probably won't happen until next semester. I'm li- really looking forward to doing that. But, like, I don't think it hurts his legacy at all, to go back to your point. Um, I mean, he's still, in my opinion, no matter how this season ends, he's still top two quarterback of all time. You think so? In my opinion. Yes, top two. I will say top two with confidence. The other one is Brady. Wow. So no Montana love? No. Partly because you didn't see him play? No, not at all. I've actually, I mean, okay, I'm a bit of a sports nut, so I like looking up you know, old plays and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I've seen, like, I've seen footage of Montana playing. My thing with Montana, like, yeah, he's four for four in Super Bowls or, you know, whatever. Yeah. My problem with him is he had the best receiver of all time in Jerry Rice. That's right. He had another really good receiver in John Taylor. He had a running back, Roger Craig, who I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer, but he was, like, one of the best all-purpose backs to ever play the game. He could play any down. He was playing for one of the best coaches of all time, Bill Walsh, who had a revolutionary offense, the West Coast offense, that took the league by storm during that time period. And on top of that, he had amazing defenses for every single um, title that he won. I Like, you look at his regular season stats, they're not even close to yeah. what Brady, Manning, Marino, any of those guys are putting up. So it sounds like it was just that good of a team. Huh? Right. That That's my personal opinion. Um, and the thing is, too, like, it, if there's ever a Brady versus Montana debate, I like, it's Brady, no problem. Because, you know, you can talk about Montana, oh, he never lost the Super Bowl, but yeah. Tom Brady is a ridiculous helmet catch by David Tyree and a dropped pass by Wes Welker away from being 6-0 and yeah. in Super Bowls. Neither of those were his fault. Yeah. So if, if it comes down to that, Brady is clearly the better quarterback to mm-hmm. me. And then as far as Montana and Peyton go, I mean, Peyton revolutionized the, the entire position. So I think it would be Peyton um, over Montana. So I don't, I don't give Montana a lot of love, strangely enough. I'd yeah. probably put him fifth overall terms wow. of quarterback but that's a whole different discussion yeah. i'll probably end up talking about that with uh john whenever we get that podcast yeah. honestly whenever joe montana is brought up i do discredit him a little bit mm-hmm. in the way that you know we've talked about where he had jerry rice yeah and so when people bring up jerry rice being the best receiver of all time i say well he did have joe montana yeah it kind of goes him. both ways it you goes know both ways but really that just ends up being hey that was the best quarterback to wide receiver combination of all time absolutely definitely but i would agree tom brady best of all time i think he's consistently done the most with the least yeah even more than manning or rogers two Mm -hmm. other of the elite in our generation just his receivers always go down Mm -hmm. he's always just got nobody to throw to right with the exception of he had randy mossford 
a short amount of time. And he's had Gronk the past five years. Yeah, yeah. But when I saw Gronk go down this past week in the Broncos game, I thought, well, I mean, (laughs) how many more weapons can Brady lose before he starts actually losing games? Mm -hmm. And that would have been really interesting to see how Brady would have fared without Gronk. And he probably would have done just fine. I think Brady's that good. Mm -hmm. He's been proving to me, especially the past five years or so, that he just he's not going away. In in a sense he's like the Spurs. Yeah. He's he really he's getting is. older yeah. and he just keeps going to championships and keeps winning some of them, mm-hmm. but he just keeps getting there. Yeah. And keeps winning games. So I think people don't like to admit it. They don't. But Brady is the best we've seen and maybe the best of all time. Right. I, I agree with you. I think Brady is number one in terms of quarterback. I have a I have a kind of a devil's advocate. Um, I, I feel like I could make a, a pretty convincing case for why Peyton might be better than Brady. I'll save that for when I podcast with John. Yeah. Um, but I, I agree with you. Brady, he's by far the best. I Not by far, uh, but he, marginally, he's the best quarterback of all time, and I have no problem in saying that yeah. at all. I'm kind of at the point where you were just, just watching Brady. I've gotten to the point... Because I've, I've hated him for years. Yeah. I'm to the point, like, I'm just sitting back. It's like, okay, like, he's a revolutionary quarterback, probably the best of all time. Just sit back and enjoy it. Exactly. Like, that's where I'm at right now. Like, what he does, like, the fact that he got those three points with the little time he had and Gronk was out and everything going wrong in yeah. Denver, and he still forced overtime, that's incredible in itself. Mm-hmm. So, um so yeah that's our i guess that'll wrap up some nfl talk for right now sounds good um yeah i think that covered everything so let's get to our main topic tonight force awakens star wars time two two ish two about two weeks it'd be two weeks tomorrow are you seeing it on opening night oh absolutely ab absolutely i will be there 7 p.m i'll probably have uh be doing a reaction podcast with a few of my friends afterwards so i'm i'm really looking forward to it before we get to force awakens though i always love talking to you about star wars because you have such a different view on the prequel trilogy than almost anyone i've ever talked to who's a fan of star wars right you like Obviously, you acknowledge the original trilogy is better made, technically, of course, all of the story wise, yes. whatever. But you still love the prequels. Tell uh-huh. me why. I know you've told me before, but I need to hear it again. All right. So, really, it comes down to the fact that those were the ones that were coming out when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And so, there's this nostalgic, you know, feeling that's attached to them. Right. And I recognize the flaws. I really do. And I've I've seen them more and more <laughs> as I've grown up. It's gotten to a point where episode one can be kind of tough to watch. Yeah. Just because of Jake the Lloyd. acting of, <laughs> yeah, little, little Annie, Jake Lloyd. Oh, but other than episode one, I just still, to this day, enjoy episodes two and three. And really, I mean, I see the criticisms, mm-hmm. but I'm able to look past them just because... To me, those are the movies I grew up on as, as a kid. So um, I see the problems. I just really am not bothered by them. Right. Uh, don't worry, though. I mean, I still have some sense about me. I recognize that the original <laughs> trilogy is the best. It was groundbreaking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I recognize it's popular to bash the prequels. And really, that does get on my nerves sometimes. But it is warranted. I mean, I have to put myself in those older fans' shoes where they were expecting so much, and then it was, let's say, 
a bit of a letdown. A bit of a letdown. To some people. Yeah. Um, to be totally honest, which was my concern when talk of episode seven yeah. was first coming up. I was fine with the way it was. I didn't want anything to be messed up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I have faith now in episode seven which i'm sure we'll get to later but you you tell me your thoughts on the prequels i my opinion on the prequels like i'm kind of in the same boat as you i i don't have any problem watching them i i recognize i bash on them myself you know jar jar binks jake lloyd whatever yeah yeah yeah. uh the cheesy love story of clone of the attack of the clones whatever um i you know i cringe at points while watching them but i still love them like, Darth Maul and his double-bladed lightsaber in episode one. Oh, you know, all that great stuff. Like, it's great to have. Um, my biggest problem with the prequels, I wish they would have been made differently. Um, I know my, me and my brother have talked about it before. Like, we would have liked to see, like, instead of the prequels as they were now, like, what if we take episode one and just, just throw it out? Maybe take some of the origin story with Anakin kind of merge it into, like, Attack of the Clones and have Attack of the Clones as kind of your opening prequel movie. And for the second one, either you have you have a movie that's kind of solely based on the Clone Wars type of thing, and then Revenge of the Sith, or afterwards we see a little bit of Anakin after he's become Darth Vader and mostly Machine. Kind of see the transformation, because we never saw the transformation of once he becomes the machine after Padme's dead to him fully embracing the dark side. Yeah. Which is something I would have really liked to see out of that prequel trilogy. And um, I could totally see them doing a movie about that sometime right. in the future. There's there's so many Star Wars <laughs> movies planned for the future, it's not even funny. Yeah. But I really do think, story-wise, they did get off to a bit of a rough start right. in the prequels. Because right off the bat, I think... You chose the wrong kind of kid actor for yeah. for Anakin. At least, maybe not the wrong kid actor, but just the wrong direction for what his character was supposed to be like. Yeah. Because he's so much different in Episode 1 than he is in Episode 2. He goes mm. from this innocent little, I don't know, pod racer who's a genius. Farm boy, basically. Yeah. Or, I guess he'd, he'd be a slave. Yeah. yeah. To this kind of cocky, full-of-himself kid It just in wasn't good. Two. It really doesn't make sense how... His personality would go from one thing to another. Mm-hmm. And I almost think he looked too young in episode one. They should have chosen a preteen. Yeah, with yeah. With a little bit of an attitude. Yeah. Keep the character consistent in that respect. But, yeah, right off the bat with that. And then you brought up Jar Jar Binks, probably the most hated character in Star Wars <laughs> yeah. history. Just because he was way too much a part of the movie. I think right. George felt like... George Lucas felt like he had to have some kind of comic relief throughout the movie, and it just backfired. It just the comic relief in the first movies was R two and C three PO, which was right. more than enough. It fit perfectly. Mm-hmm. It meshed very well. And Jar Jar, it was just like a joke. Um, and he had such such a big part in the the ending battle scenes and the yeah, just the it just climax didn't make sense. And really, it was it was a smart decision to not involve him nearly as much in episode two and three. I think yeah. George got the idea on that one. Right. There, there's actually been a theory going around. I don't know if you've heard it or not. There's a theory that the original plan in the prequels was that Jar Jar was secretly going to be, like, the the Sith Lord above Darth Sidious. I, have you heard of this at all? Yeah, and I think it's absurd. I think it's absurd also. The only point that it would make sense would be that 
they were trying to do what they did with Yoda and Empire, where it's this bumbling idiot, and he's actually not a bumbling idiot. He's mega Sith or whatever. Yeah, but I, it's I it's, don't think any fan even believes that that would be a possibility. <laughs> no. I think it's just out of frustration yeah. of how pitiful the character really was, and I really don't hate him as much as others do, as mm-hmm. much as some of the diehards. But really, it he wasn't needed. Yeah. But that just is a lot of the frustration that fans have with the prequels is stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, a lot of the effects didn't look the best. Mm-hmm. And honestly, some of the prequel movies didn't look nearly as good as the original trilogy, which says which a lot. Which is weird. Considering they were made so much later. Right. I agree with you. The, the other thing I like that, that you said, they started off really slowly the, the one thing I'll add to that is the main story, I didn't even realize this until I was probably like 16 or 17 years old. The main story is about a trading dispute. That's right. I like, was going to bring that it, up. Like, you bring politics into Star Wars. Right. That's the main plot point. Almost. It's way too political. Like, And I didn't even realize it until I was like 17 years old. I'm like, oh, that's like that's why this whole... like war on Naboo's yeah, happening that's because his kids all, all we cared about as kids was seeing Darth Maul and oh, yeah. seeing the Padres. But Flipping when you around. get older, you realize, oh, wow, this is all centered around the Galactic Senate and all that jazz, mm. which I don't mind in smaller doses. But again, I can see the frustration. Right. People wait, you know, 30 or 40 years for this movie, and then that is what they get. I understand the frustration. Right, right. And uh, I, I, I guess they kind of Eventually, they would have had to go to kind of a political-based story um, based yeah. on, you know, throwing overthrowing the original Republic and exactly. Palpatine rising to power. And it that was necessary stuff. to some extent. Right, but something like a trade dispute, like, that's that's way too political. Like, yeah. throw that out the window. That, yeah. That's the main... That's one of the biggest problems with Episode One, besides the acting, in that sense. Um, but you talked about... Um, about the spinoffs they're making, about maybe a Darth yeah. Vader spinoff or whatever... I just saw this, um, I forget who tweeted it, I saw a tweet, um, it was like, someone tweeted something about recasting Han Solo, which I'm assuming is for a, uh, a Han Solo spinoff movie. Yeah. I'm gonna, like, I'm going to enjoy, like, seeing where they go with these spinoff movies, but it almost feels like they're trying to turn Star Wars into the next Marvel, in, in terms of all of the movies that they're just creating, that really... They're not even necessarily like they're not necessary. Yeah, is and I'm a little worried about that. Are you on the same page with that? That's a great point, and I think other than the diehards, we can all recognize that Marvel might be overdoing it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So many movies per year with the most random superheroes that most of us have never even heard about. Yeah, but anyways, yeah, I see that. Uh, I I find it hard. To even cast a Han Solo that's gonna be believable, it's um, not as Han Solo. It just because we feel all know, possible. we all know him as Harrison Ford. Yeah. So I see the possibilities of a Boba Fett spinoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see the possibility of even like a Yoda spinoff. Yeah, or something like that. But I think it's gonna be super hard to make a convincing Han Solo spinoff when everybody knows the character as a different actor. We're not dealing with a situation where it's not like you Obi-Wan. can cast a younger actor and then yeah. you know he ages this many years. Yeah, the fact is, it's going to be set a few years probably before A New Hope. Yeah, so 
can you get a guy that looks similar to Harrison Ford? Maybe, but mm. it's gonna be tough. I don't know. Can they like? I don't. Can they like digitally add young Harrison Ford's face onto someone? Maybe or something ridiculous that like that. Um, you know, they're Disney. They may try it, but yeah, I totally agree with you. I guess the biggest issue is Harrison Ford was so iconic in that role, mm-hmm. and they would have. In essence, if they would have made this 30 years ago, they just would have used regular Harrison Ford because he would have been that age, and so now it just feels completely wrong. Yeah, and that's where I might sound like a party pooper, but I just think stuff like that should not be touched. Right. I think you're dealing with a character like that. I know Disney owns Star Wars now, Mm -hmm. and obviously a Han Solo movie is going to make loads of money. Oh, yeah. And so... That's honestly my concern at this point is, are they just making these movies for the money? Yes. Or are they (laughs) making them because the stories actually need to be told? I think that money is the main reason, Mm -hmm. which is why, I mean, people want to see a Boba Fett movie, obviously. I would love to see a Boba Fett movie just because we don't get enough of him. Yeah, and I agree with that. But when you're dealing with Han Solo, sure, there's stories to be told with him, but is it practical? Are you going to do it right? Mm -hmm. I, I have reasonable doubts about that definitely i agree with you on that one completely um but there is the first confirmed spinoff which i believe is coming out in a year or so is it is it rebel one i think it's called something like that. it's about stealing the death star plans leading up to episode four which which is we know how that's gonna turn out obviously not (laughs) too well right um I will say, I do think it'll be interesting just because I'm assuming there will be newer characters. I don't know if Darth Vader will make an appearance at all, but I think it will be cool to see like how the Death Star plans were stolen. But, I mean, like you said, some stories are just better left untold. Like, yeah. we don't necessarily need it. I'll, I mean, I'll absolutely go watch it, but it's, yeah. it's not like, I don't know, I... I just don't want any of them to like ruin any parts of the the actual episodes. Episode one. Through I agree. I just don't want movies to be made for the sake of just making the movies. Right. I I don't want Star Wars to be overdone, which I'm afraid we might be on the cusp of that. Yeah. Which I'm just gonna have to take that and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're at a point with Disney. They're just gonna churn out these movies because they know people want to see them. Yeah. And they're gonna make a bunch of money off. Yeah. Of it. it almost it's it's like. The movie-going experience of seeing a Star Wars movie is about to become a lot less special because there's going to be so many of them coming out over the next five, ten years or so. I've got this idea for a spinoff movie oh, in my head hear it. that I don't think would ever happen, uh-huh. at least not how I want it to happen, right. but I'll let you in on it. Mm-hmm. So just being the fan of the prequels I am, as you mentioned, yeah. and the characters and just that era, especially the Clone Wars, I would love to see a live-action Star Wars movie yeah. set in between episodes two and three, Clone mm-hmm. Wars era, Clone Wars. with Hayden Christensen <laughs> and Ewan McGregor. You want to see Hayden Christensen back? Getting, Bring getting back, back their baby. roles <laughs> as Anakin and Obi-Wan. I know it would never happen in a million years, but I'd love to see it just because those are my guys. Yeah. Like those are, episode two is probably my favorite prequel. That's right before the Clone Wars. Right. I, I know the acting wasn't the best. Hayden Christensen gets a lot of crap. But mm-hmm. those are the characters I love. And I would be fascinated to see what they would do with a live-action Clone Wars 
movie. Right. I agree with you. Cause that was actually one of my points I was hoping to get to with you. I know you love the Clone Wars. Like, I know yeah. you, you've watched the TV show. You love them to death. For sure. A Clone Wars movie, like, we don't get enough of the Clone Wars, really. We see the beginning and the end. We don't see anything yeah. that happens in the middle. Um, and I know I've read, like, I've read quite a few books in the extended universe that take place during the Clone Wars, but it's nothing like actually seeing it unfold ahead of you. Exactly. And I think there's so much you can do in that era, mm -hmm. storytelling-wise. You've got a war going on. You've got great characters. You've got all the Jedi. Mm -hmm. You've got characters that don't make appearances in the movies, but characters from other materials like TV shows and books, yeah. Asajj Ventress and Ahsoka Tano. Right. You've got those characters to work with. I just think there's so much you could do with it. But having said that, I don't think we'll see it in a million years. Yeah. Just because Ewan McGregor sounds like he would not be up for it. And yeah. Hayden Christensen doesn't want to be <laughs> burnt at the stake again. He's so. had enough of that. He's gotten roasted too many times. Um, I will say, and I think this is one of the reasons you like the Clone Wars, it... it one of the things the Clone Wars TV show does, like, you get to know some of the clones individually. And, yes. like, they're not just all the same person. They have their own personalities and yes. stuff. It'd be really fun to see that. Like, Commander Cody from, I think, Episode 3. That's right. I'd, I'd love to see, like, how him and Obi-Wan's relationship gets to where it's at. Like, yeah. I'd love to see all that. Yeah, and while I was watching that show, that was one of the greatest, you know, things that the show got props for and got just high praise for was exploring the personalities of the clones and that dynamic between mm -hmm. how clones, you know, how they act and how they act with their masters and what their whole mentality is. And it was really, I'd say, probably the best part of the Clone Wars show um, as a whole. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that. The clones are fascinating to me. Right. Just, as I said, I could go on and on about the prequels. Mm -hmm. They're some of my favorite <laughs> movies. But right, original trilogy stuff is interesting, too. And yeah. that's, that's what the people want to see, I think, at this point. Right. So that's a good segue into The Force Awakens. Um, just about two weeks away. Have you been... Like, when's the last time you were this excited for a movie? Like, for me, it would have been back when The Dark Knight came out. I mean, I was so hyped for that movie, and it lived up for the hype. Have you... Like, what movie, I guess... Has there been a movie that has gotten you this excited, and did it live up to the hype? Um... I'm trying to think. This has got to be it, honestly. Is this number one? Just thinking about it, it still hasn't really fully set in that there's a new Star Wars movie right. to me. Isn't it so weird? I, to be like just totally honest with you, I haven't followed Star Wars nearly as much as I even did as a kid or in high school. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely excitement, but oh, I would have been so much more jazzed if this even came out four years ago or so yeah but believe me it's still i grew up on star wars it's my go-to as far as mm -hmm. you know what i enjoyed while i was growing up and i still enjoy it now there's still so much nostalgia there and i can't wait to see what they do with it i'm probably gonna see it the day after it comes out mm -hmm. or maybe the day after that just to avoid some of the crowds and avoid yeah. some of the because i want to get a good seat Mm -hmm. I know that there's this whole thing in modern movie watching where you have to order the tickets in advance. Yeah. I'm not used to that. <laughs> so I'm definitely going to see it the first week it comes out, though. Right. I just don't know if I want to deal with the premiere. Right. That is the one thing about about 
midnight premieres, even though they're not at midnight anymore. Crowds. I know the Tinseltown one right down the road here is has been sold out. I think it was sold out like a day after they like the original tickets were released. So that's that's one of the things too. But I guess can it live up to the hype? Because there's so much hype around it. Um, I think mainly like the reason it's got there is because we finally have the original characters back. Yeah. Um, and from everything we've heard, I know Harrison Ford has said, like, everything is going to be great. Like, they did a great job making this. It's a great movie. I'm still worried. Can it live up to the hype? I believe it will be very good. You do? That's I've good got, to hear. I've got a lot of confidence it will be very good. I think they've got a solid cast. I think, I don't think it'll be, you know, a story that'll shock us i think right. it'll just be you know a good star wars story mm -hmm. but i think it's gonna look great i think it's gonna live up to at least reasonable expectations right i don't think it's necessarily gonna be better than any of the original trilogy by any means and right. i don't think anyone's expecting it to uh -huh. but i think it'll be better than the prequels probably in most people's opinion right i think if it's if it's like really really good um, it may be able to slip into to where, um, on my list at least, in front of Return of the Jedi. So the way I have it, it's Empire, the original, and then Return of the Jedi is kind of my list of my favorite or what I think are the best. I think it could slip in past Jedi, um, but it just feels blasphemous for to say that it could be better than one of the originals. Because the originals, yeah. you yeah. can't beat them. And there's so much history with them that it really would be hard to even compare the two movies mm -hmm. because we've lived with the older ones for so long. Right. Um, man, I, I, I'm I, looking so forward to it. I guess my big thing is I think one of the new characters is, is a Skywalker. I'm not sure which one. I think it's Rey, the girl. She seems Skywalker-ish just in her like backstory that we've seen and i don't want to speculate too much because i want to be surprised by everything i've had to like keep like stop myself from speculating too much but that's the one thing like there has to be a skywalker in this new film do you agree with that at all i think there's definitely at least of, one right <laughs> i think there's a kind of pressure from star wars fans to have someone be related to one of our older characters one way or another. i don't think it would have been necessary but i think we're gonna see it just because that's what people expect to see Right. I think. Um, so, yeah, it's it's got to be probably Ray. I would think. As you said, uh, which is the woman we see on the Tatooine-looking planet, which mm. I wanted to bring up to you. I hate to sound like a grumpy, a grumpy <laughs> old fan. Let's hear it. But it seems that a lot of the locations, at least from the trailers, lack originality. <laughs> and... It looks like we're just seeing Tatooine, Hoth, and a snowy and then, version of Endor again. Yeah. And that kind of makes me a little angry because I remember as a kid, one of my favorite things to do when the prequels were coming out was to look at the trailers and see the see, new planets. Exactly. Right? See what new locations we were going to get because that's so much of what makes Star Wars Star Wars is the classic locations that mm -hmm. people just love to look at and they're usually mm -hmm. very creative. But here we have. It's called Jakku, I believe. Jakku. Just another sandy planet. Looked, that looks. I thought it was Tatooine. 100% like Tatooine. <laughs> Tatooine 2.0, right? <laughs> then we see a snowy planet, which just looks like Hoth. It doesn't look like. It doesn't quite look exactly like Hoth, but it's a snowy planet. It yeah. might as well be Hoth. 
And I guess you could make the argument, oh, well, there's only so many climates that you could, you know, make planets for. Yeah. But there's but... also so much more you could do. Right. Um, it's just, it looks way too similar for my taste. It feels like it's recycled. Right. Um, and so that's one of my major complaints. By no means is it necessarily going to affect the quality of the movie. Right. But it's something I would have liked to see. I would have liked to see some creative new planets. Right. Like, one of my favorite planets from from the prequel trilogy was Mustafar, the, the like, lava planet. Yeah. I thought that was so cool. Like, yeah. I think that's... Brand new. Hadn't seen anything like it. Yeah. And then, like, even Camino. I thought Camino was, yeah. prob was probably my second favorite, like, new planet. The rain everywhere, and they're kind of on, like, platforms yeah, and stuff. Yeah, even Felucia. Felucia, the, yeah. The flowery planet with yeah. lots of bright colors Like, and this such. really exotic rainforesty type yeah. thing. And then, like, Coruscant, it's just a giant city that takes up the entire planet. That was also yeah, awesome idea. Um, yeah, I agree with sure. you. The, the one thing I... I agree with you. It looks like we have the main three from the first two, which are Tatooine, Hoth, Endor. Um, the way the where, the one spot Endor it really looked like Endor to me was in the Japanese trailer when when Kylo Ren sticks his blade like to mm -hmm. to Ray's neck. I was like, okay, we haven't seen that planet yet, and it looks like Endor, like just exactly like it. or Yavin maybe. Mm -hmm. I guess those two are similar. They're forest and, type thing. And now that I think of it, perhaps here's a reason why they look so similar. Because they're trying to use practical effects. They're trying not to use green screen, right? right? They're trying not to rely too heavily on things you can create with a computer. Right. With green screen. So, having said that, they have to go actual places. <laughs> yeah. We can't actually go to a huge city planet or a huge forest full of exotic looking flowers. you got to go to right. the desert. you got to go to some cold place where it snows mm -hmm. a lot. And you got to go to some forest, which is what they did in the original trilogy. Right. So I get that. There's only so much you can do. Yeah. But I, I, I guess that was one of the one of the good things about the prequels and all the CGI that was complained mm -hmm. about so much was you got to create some pretty cool looking environments. Right. I will make the point. There was definitely too much CGI in um in the prequels, but I the only like location that did not look good and you could clearly tell was CGI was Geonosis. The CGI yeah. there was not up to par. Everywhere else, like Camino, Mustafar, Coruscant, whatever, I like. It's not like I noticed. Oh, that's definitely CGI. I've never thought that. Yeah. Um, with maybe the exception of the Camino people with the long necks, whatever. Exactly. Maybe there, but like other than that, like the the planets themselves, they did. I thought was the best CGI of the prequel trilogy. Yeah. Going off Geonosis, I totally agree with you. As far as sometimes it was hard to tell which planet we were on at first. Right. Honestly, I remember as a kid when I'd see when I'd see trailers for um, for episode two. You saw them on a sandy planet. It was it's kind of like a little more rockier, but I immediately thought, oh, they're on Tatooine. There's gonna be some huge battle yeah. or whatnot. I did appreciate that Geonosis did have its little little looks that made it different from right. Tatooine, though. It had different kind of rocks, different kind of mountains. Yeah. Uh, so they they made an effort to differentiate that. Yeah. From Tatooine. Whereas this new planet Jakku just looks like Tatooine with, you know, pretty much all the same features. Right. I, I agree with you on that. Um maybe my favorite thing in the build up of, of all of Force Awakens is they haven't shown us Luke Skywalker yet. 
Yeah. I cannot wait to see what happens. Like, what has Luke been doing all this time? I think it's a brilliant move because I think it's going to be a great surprise Yeah, for everyone seeing it for the first time. It's going to be hard to avoid spoilers <laughs> yeah. uh, if you don't see it the first day, right. which is why I'm going to have to go see it either the day after it comes out or yeah. just sometime that week. But I think it's going to be a pretty good reveal. And not to be the skeptic again, but I think they're going to limit the screen time for these older characters yeah just I, because it might verge on cheesy at times yeah it's watching old harrison ford run around 70 year old harrison in his old costume <laughs> might come off as cheesy sometimes which is another concern i have but i'm not too worried about it i think they're gonna limit the old characters screen time mm. it's just gonna be a nod to the older characters but i would almost guarantee that one of our original three characters or Let's just say Luke, Leia, Han, Chewie. One of them's going to die. You do think they're going to die. You do oh, think one of them will for die. For certain. I think they've got to die in the movies before <laughs> they die in real life. If you know what I'm saying. So That is definitely Harrison true. Harrison <laughs> is getting up there. So is Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher. Yeah. So I think they're going to wrap up their stories to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. I think if they even make another trilogy past this upcoming 7, 8, and 9, It'll include our new characters. Yeah. And Luke, Leia, Han, Chewie will probably be phased out. Think about Chewie, just like R2 and C3PO, they're wearing a mask. So yeah. even anyone if it's not really the original actors, him. you can put anyone in the suit. But with our our elderly Star Wars characters, <laughs> it's about time to wrap them up. Yeah. But it's nice that we got the movies made at a time where we can still have them share the spotlight a little bit right. and give the fans what they wanted to see as some more of those old classic characters. Right. I get the sense, too, that they that we won't see as much of the old characters as maybe we'd like to. Um, I think we will get a healthy dose of Luke whenever he shows up. I, I feel like he's going to be gone for, like, half the movie or something. Has to be. Has to be. Um, Han seems like he's been around a little more, but then again, we haven't really seen enough to to decide that. Yeah. I will say, I don't think Carrie Fisher is going to be in it a lot. Not at all. Because when they announced that the original cast was going to be in this, my first thought was, how in the world is Carrie Fisher going to get yeah. back in this movie? She looks so much different. <laughs> it's, it's it's not shocking. just the weight. It's, I don't know. It's At first when I saw the movie posters mm-hmm. come out, uh, you know, there was one with our new character, uh, the new Jedi Remind me of his name. Is it Finn? Yeah, Finn. There's Ray. There Mm -hmm. was Han. And then there was this woman in some kind (laughs) of a base. And I didn't even realize it was Leia (laughs) until later. I was like, is this a new character? Oh, wait. She has not aged well. That's Carrie Fisher. So I definitely think they're going to limit her screen time. Same with Luke. I think we'll see the most of Han and Chewie. Just based off the trailers, Mm -hmm. it seems like they're going to pick up Finn and Ray. They're going to be a big part of the story mm. whereas luke and leia it's just gonna be a little taste yeah yeah probably the other part um i'm excited for i i really want to know more about kylo ren he seems like he's a really cool villain and yeah. i love that i just want him to keep the mask on because i'm sorry that guy does not look like a villain <laughs> yeah adam driver i he believe doesn't. the character or the uh the actor's name is yeah i look at this guy and i think uh sith or Best Buy employee. <laughs> he just doesn't look like a bad guy. He looks like yeah. the socially awkward kid in high school that no one ever talked to and he had <laughs> problems at home. 
as, who just, you know, his angst drove him to, you know, follow in the footsteps <laughs> of Darth Vader. But I, I know I'm just bashing on a lot <laughs> of this new, this new stuff. But I, in all honesty, I do believe it will be great for the most part. I think it will be a very solid Star Wars movie. I think a lot of people are going to be very happy. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be excited to see what they do with the sequels to this yeah. new this new movie but yeah. we know pretty much nothing about that other than who's going to direct them which i did want to bring up why didn't we just give jj his own trilogy to direct right. Is he too busy like i'm not sure if he wanted to direct the trilogy i i haven't really looked it up i was curious about that because they announced he'd only be doing the first one yeah. i don't know if it was like something with the writing or perhaps to follow in the footsteps of yeah the kind of pattern with the first trilogy george directed the first one yeah Irvin Kirshner directed the second people, one. Yeah, which might have been best because if if Lucas had his hand on the whole trilogy directing wise, we may not have ended up with how good Empire and Jedi were. Yeah, um, it's it's hard to see. And right. at the end of the day, though, George is the guy that invented all this stuff. Yeah. I think George gets sold short a bit too much. He gets blamed a lot for the prequels, which, mm-hmm. I mean, they were his idea. It was a lot of his stuff. But at the end of the day... He invented the thing. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's give him a little Star bit Wars of credit. Without George. Yeah. Right. I think the, the big problem with the prequels was it was at the point where he was just surrounded by people who told him he was doing a great job. There's no one there to, like, criticize like, him. Yeah, George, like, go ahead. Like, do Jar Jar that. Binks, uh, you sure you want this character in this this much? <laughs> like, no one was there to be to throw up a red flag or anything. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but I will say, I, I believe the other two sequels that are planned, I believe they're being directed by Ryan Johnson. Um who directed several episodes of Breaking Bad. Okay. So I am yeah. I'm completely on board with him. From what I've seen, he's a great director. Can't wait to see what he does with it. Um, but and I, then the guy after that, all I've heard is, what, whether it's episode nine or one of the spinoffs, I think the guy who directed Jurassic World is going to have a shot at a Star Wars movie. Yeah, who directed Jurassic World? I'm, I think he's this new up-and-coming guy who... Yeah. Um, let's Who honestly see here. pleasantly surprised me with Jurassic World. Colin Trevor, Trevorrow? Oh, hmm. Something maybe, like that. Maybe it'll be a household name in a couple Colin years. Colin Trevorrow. Is he signed on? Let's see. Um, well, he's on for an untitled Jurassic World sequel. He doesn't have much of a track record. Right, he doesn't. But I mean, hey, he did a great job with Jurassic World. It pleasantly surprised me. Were you happy me. with that? I was happy with it, you know. Um, I, I'm not sure if I'd put it above The Lost World um, in terms of second best one, but like, it pleasantly surprised me. I was very happy with it. Um, I could have expected nothing more. Honestly, looking at the just the trailers, I thought it, I would have told you it probably would have sucked. And it didn't. Which yeah. I was very happy by. I uh, agree did with you, you as far as... Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised, just like you said. I thought it would be just eye candy. I thought it would be entertaining. Right. I didn't think it would be bad, but I didn't think it would be great. Yeah. And honestly, it was better than just all right. Yeah. I thought the characters were interesting. Mm-hmm. I thought, although you could say, you know, it was a predictable storyline, like, oh, the big beast gets <laughs> yeah. out of the park. What yeah. else do you want to have happen? It's You want to see dinosaurs chase people. Right. So... Although somewhat predictable, whatever, it was entertaining. It was inter- I thought yeah. they did a lot better with it than than even, you know, expectations were maybe even a little lower, and it exceeded those. But, yeah, pleasantly surprised with Jurassic World. Yeah, I, uh, 
I, I will be interested to see it feel like they're obviously going to be making another one. I, I hope they do it justice. I, I hope they don't get carried away. Um, There's only so much you can do. There really is. With a storyline. Like, like what, else, what else can you do? Like, another dinosaur who's even badder than the whatever Rex that they came up with? Yeah. I, yeah. It's hard to say what they're going to do with it, but it seems like in the movie industry, more recently than not, it's all about what's going to make the most money. Right. Which, to some extent, that's always obviously been a factor. That's what mm-hmm. pays the bills. But which it, we see so many sequels. Yeah. For instance... Toy Story 4, <laughs> I'm not happy about. Three's about ah, as man. good of an ending as you can get. They, and they know people are going to come back for more, so I wouldn't doubt if we get eight Toy Stories, <laughs> to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, seriously. I, oh, man, it, it really irks me because I think Toy Story 3 was the best movie Pixar's ever made, and they ended that Toy Story trilogy so well, and... A fourth one. Fourth one is we just don't not need a fourth one. At all. Like just let it be. It's perfect the way it is. I but, totally agree. I mean, I'll go see it. I yeah, mean, and see it. And I wouldn't doubt that it'll that, be good, but it's already their objective has already been completed. <laughs> You're gonna see it. I'm gonna see it. Yep. Whether it's in theaters or not, and so that's why they make the movie because right. they know they can make a bunch of. Money. And Pixar is doing that with so many films now. They're making a Cars three. They're making an Incredibles two. Finding Dory. I think most of those will be, probably average be average at best, I, unfortunately. I'm holding out a lot of hope that Finding Dory will be good because I think Finding Nemo is one of their best movies. Yeah. and I, like It's just a movie I love to watch, but I am very skeptical. Yeah, the thing is, Finding Dory, what? She's trying to find her family or something? Yeah, I do Whatever. like they're going with it. It's not like she's like kidnapped yeah. or anything. So it's a it's a more original story. But... To some extent, I guess, but I could care less. You could have seen <laughs> that coming from a mile away. And then... With Cars 3, I don't know. Cars, Cars 2, 2 already, I heard was bad. I didn't even see that. I, I honestly I haven't seen it either. Cars, like, I liked the first Cars. Cars. It wasn't their best movie, but I liked it. Cars 2, I haven't seen, but I've heard it. It was yeah. not up to par. And, then, and now they're making another one? Yeah. And Toy Story 4, apparently, <laughs> Bo Peep has gone missing. So Woody oh, must yeah. go find it. So Romance. It's, it's like, uh, these will be... I mean, I'm... Quit ruining our childhood. I just would like to pretend that some of these upcoming movies are not real. I don't know. Maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. Just like I was with Jurassic World. The one I have the most faith in is The Incredibles 2. Because I think that's long overdue. That is a story that needs to be continued to be told. And there's so much you can do with that. Right. I think the other stories are limited. Yeah. There's only so much you can do. But with The Incredibles, I think that is the storyline where the possibilities... They're not endless, but right. there's more you, you can do. That is the most potential, I'll yeah. say. It's not like they've won out the storyline. The first one was so good. And, yeah, yeah I, I think a lot of people wanted to see more from that family for a really long time. And I'm glad that they're yeah. finally taking that step. Um, other sequels-wise, you know, whatever. I wish Pixar would, would come up with more original stories now. Cause Which, Inside Out got a lot of praise. I've yet to see I it. I thought it was... It was... It was a good comeback from, like, they made Brave and Cars 2. It was a good, like, it was definitely one of their better ones, yeah. I think. Probably, I don't know. They have so many good ones to begin with. It, I don't know, like, top seven or eight, yeah. maybe, of, of their best films. Pixar's golden age was definitely when we were kids. Definitely. And I think that's an objective statement. I don't think it's just because we look back at them fondly. Mm-hmm. I think they were, honestly, the best movies. So. Right. 
recently they've just relied too much off of let's make sequels off of movies that were already successful right and this upcoming Pixar movie called The Good Dinosaur I think it's it might even out, be actually. out yeah See, it used to be out. a bigger deal when a Pixar movie would yeah. come out just because it was home run after home run yeah but as of late not so much it's just another Disney movie yeah I have heard I have read a few reviews that said The Good Dinosaur is is average um, and that does not surprise me. Right. My my biggest thing at this point, whenever Pixar releases a new story, I love trying to figure out where it fits into the Pixar theory because I'm a Pixar theory enthusiast. Yes. Um, Very interesting. Look right. it up, everyone. I will say um, my prediction from The Good Dinosaur, just as, as what I've heard in terms of where it fit into the Pixar theory, I think it would be um, somewhere between Wally. e and Monsters, Inc. I don't know if it'd be before or after A Bug's Life. I think it'd be yeah. after A Bug's Life, maybe. Um, that would be my guess. Yeah. I, I, have, like, I haven't seen it, but I know and it's about... It's, it, it's basically what would happen if the meteor didn't kill the dinosaurs. Yeah. So, and for those, for those completely in the dark, the Pixar <laughs> theory is an elaborate theory that would take four hours to fully discuss. <laughs> Way too long. But just look it up. Look there's, it up. there's videos, there's articles, it's fascinating. Yeah. There's even a book on it. Like yeah. it's a slim book, it's only about like eighty pages or whatever, but any Pixar want... fan would love this theory. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. I, I spent a good portion of the semester trying to figure out all the connections yeah. and whatnot. So um, for the record, I think just regarding the Pixar theory, my personal theory is um, they Pixar didn't like sit down and plan all they these movies and be like, This is the huge story. No. But I think somewhere along the line, they realized there were a bunch of connections and they, they just started feeding the theory. Yeah. Um, and obviously, they probably won't ever confirm or deny it or whatever. Exactly. So. But it's something that's just fun for fans. And we know how fans can take things <laughs> and run with it. We really do. Like you said. Yeah. Jar Jar, the Sith Lord, <laughs> the, apparently. The evil Sith Lord that is Palpatine's <laughs> master. Oh, that, that's a good one. But anyways, that... Uh, we're just about out of time here, so that'll wrap it up. Yanni, thank you so much for being with me. This was very fun. It was a blast for sure. I always enjoy talking about this kind of stuff with you. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'll uh, I'll have to get you on next semester for Star Wars Reaction Podcast. That's right. We, we got to get our thoughts out in the open, so I'll hit you up for that later. Um, catch us on iTunes, listeners. Subscribe if you like the podcast. Yanni, thanks again for being here. Thank you. And uh, peace out, everybody. Peace.